Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. In Riverside today, the high is pegged at a comfortable 81.4 degrees, and we're looking at a nighttime low of around 60.8 degrees. Perfect weather to walk around with your favorite podcast, Alex's News, plugged in your ears. Coming up, we've got a roundup of the day's most impactful stories. The Supreme Court is causing a stir as a new ruling brings about delay and confusion in redistricting cases, a move that could truly sway the buoys of power. In health news, there's cause for cheer. A recent study has found that embracing a healthy lifestyle could slash your risk of depression by a whopping 57%. Brush off the dust on those running shoes. It's time for a change. Lastly, we bring you the inspiring story of resilience and learning. A former Navy SEAL at the age of 52 doesn't just choose to get a college degree. He's transforming education itself, breathing a new wave of understanding into his class about the very essence of humanity. Stay with us for these stories and more here on Alex's News. Our top story today centers around a recent Supreme Court ruling involving black voter representation in Alabama. Three months on from the ruling and new congressional maps for better representation still haven't been implemented. To discuss this further with us, we have our reporter Elias. Elias, could you explain to the viewer why this is such a significant issue and why it has been incredibly controversial? Absolutely, Connie. The ruling by the Supreme Court was seen as an important victory for black voters in Alabama as it potentially paves the way for better representation in congressional districts. However, with the delay in implementing these new maps, there's growing concern and frustration. More so because Alabama Republicans are now seeking a new Supreme Court hearing on the issue. So, Elias, while this issue heats up in Alabama, are we seeing any similar instances in other states? Indeed, Connie. Similar lawsuits have been launched in states like Georgia, South Carolina, and Texas. Interestingly, Republican lawmakers in Louisiana haven't even attempted to draw a new map. This continuous pushback from Republican-controlled legislatures, including Alabama's own, has thrown the future of these new maps into uncertainty. These redistricting cases appear to have a potential impact on the balance of power in the U.S. House, Elias? That's correct, Connie. With Republicans currently holding a slight majority in the U.S. House, the potential redrawing of maps could be a game-changer. Now, the Supreme Court could affirm a lower court panel's decision, rejecting Alabama's latest congressional map, which would essentially end the delays. Alternatively, they could decide to hear Alabama's challenge and bring it back to court, which is what Alabama Republicans are hoping for. And clearly, Elias, this isn't purely a political matter. There are historical, societal implications as well. Yes, you're exactly right, Connie. Many perceive these delays as a continuation of historical resistance to granting black people their rights. In this context, effective implementation of the new maps is about more than political power. It's about rectifying long-held imbalances in representation. 
It's certainly a situation we'll keep our viewers updated on as more becomes known. Before we wrap this up, Elias, can you share who first reported on this issue? Of course, Connie. This coverage is based on reports from the Associated Press, the Daily Business Review, and WUNC, who have been closely following the developments. Thank you for bringing us all the details on this developing story, Elias. Very informative. You're welcome, Connie. Grace, let's turn to an intriguing new study from the UK. I understand it's examining the substantial role that maintaining healthy habits can play in reducing depression risk. That's right, Connie. This is quite an insightful study that was highlighted by NPR. It was conducted in the UK by researchers at the University of Cambridge and involved data from nearly 300,000 participants. The encouraging news here is that seven lifestyle habits were found to potentially cut the risk of depression by 57%. That is indeed promising. Can you tell our listeners what these seven habits are, Grace? Absolutely, Connie. The research highlights these seven habits, getting enough sleep, engaging in regular physical activity, following a healthy eating pattern like the Mediterranean or mind diet, limiting alcohol intake, not smoking, reducing sedentary time and screen time, and nurturing social connections through hobbies. Now, Grace, do these healthy habits also work for people who might be genetically predisposed to depression? Shockingly, yes, Connie. The study found that these habits can still help to reduce depression risk, even in individuals who carry genetic variants known to make them more susceptible to this mental health issue. This finding really underscores the power of lifestyle changes. That's extremely enlightening indeed, Grace. Do you think with the publication of this result, it would trigger a major shift in how depression is managed? It's certainly an interesting question, Connie. If anything, these findings could potentially help inform preventive measures and wellness programs. But we must remember, each person's situation is unique, so it's key to consult with healthcare professionals about any potential changes. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on the effects this research could have. Now on to a totally different and inspiring story about Ailey Ward. Yes, Connie. NPR's My Unsung Hero series shared Allie Ward's incredible journey. Ward, who was going through a challenging time, received an unexpected invitation from Lila Higgins, an entomologist at a natural history museum. This invitation to tour the museum's insectary actually changed Ward's life trajectory as she rediscovered her passion for science and nature. That sounds absolutely transformative. Where did this experience lead her? Allie actually started volunteering at the museum, and it eventually propelled her into a career in science media. She credits Lila Higgins for helping her change her life's direction, and believes her life would have been very different without that invitation. What an inspiring journey and a testament to acts of kindness having profound impacts. Now let's switch gears to what sounds like a rather contentious situation involving Knoxville's only black-owned radio station. 
It has indeed been a tense situation, Connie. This topic caught national attention after NPR reported that the FCC had questioned whether Joe Armstrong, the owner of this black-owned station, WJBE 99.7 FM, 1040 AM, should have his license revoked due to a past felony conviction for a tax crime. However, recently, a judge ruled in favor of Armstrong, stating that enough time had passed to demonstrate that he has corrected his wrongdoing. How significant is this ruling for the station and its listeners? This decision is seen as a major victory for the station and its audience, Connie. The station plays a crucial role in the community, offering local news, promoting emerging artists, and providing essential information on the COVID-19 pandemic, among other things. The interplay of media, accountability, and community is certainly a complex dynamic. Thank you for keeping us updated, Grace. It has been a pleasure, Connie. Our third story this morning is an interesting one about lifelong learning and the value of diverse perspectives in a college. NPR recently ran an article about former Navy SEAL James Hatch, who, after ending his military career, decided to pursue higher education at Yale University. Elias, can you elaborate on Hatch's background and what led him to take this unconventional path? Absolutely, Connie. James Hatch spent over two decades of his life as a Navy SEAL, taking part in 150 missions in various conflict zones worldwide. This included Iraq, Bosnia, Africa, and Afghanistan. In 2009, while in Afghanistan, he was severely wounded, which abruptly ended his military career. But this setback didn't stop Hatch. After his recovery, he chose to further his education and enrolled at Yale University at the age of 52. That must have been quite a transition. How did things go for him on campus? You'd be right, Connie. The initial period was pretty challenging for Hatch, who found himself significantly older than his classmates. However, he quickly found his stride and, as we speak, is a 56-year-old senior studying humanities at Yale. How has Hatch's academic journey influenced his perspectives, as per the NPR article? Connie, Hatch gives immense credit to literature for shaping his worldview. He believes it serves as the connective tissue between humans throughout history, and that through his studies, he's noticed that people are more alike in their choices than they think. He's drawn lessons from classics like Moby Dick, helping him gain a deeper understanding of humanity. And Hatch has applied his past military experiences to his educational journey too, hasn't he? Yes, indeed, Connie. Hatch has made a point to emphasize learning from past decisions, especially in challenging situations, much like after-action debriefs in the military. His reflections, particularly about the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, led the dean of the Jackson School of Global Affairs at Yale to create a course. This new class allows students to question not just former military commanders, but also members of the Taliban. Wow, that's quite an initiative. Now I understand that Hatch maintains a strong connection to his military past through a nonprofit organization. Can you tell us more about this? Absolutely, Connie. Alongside his degree, Hatch founded and works with Spike's K-9 Fund, 
a nonprofit dedicated to the training and care of working dogs, obviously a cause close to his heart, this initiative allows him to combine his military background with his passion for animal welfare. Amazing! How about the source of this story? The NPR piece is based entirely on an interview with James Hatch himself, covering everything from his educational journey, insights about literature, to his reflections on military experiences and his transformative role at Yale. The story is a testament to the power of resilience, adaptation, and continuous learning. A truly inspiring tale of continuous learning, resilience, and adaptation. Thanks, Elias, for sharing this remarkable story with us. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.